Hi everyone, welcome back to a Socially Distant Tea Time. I'm Caitlin McGrace, founder of Be Her Village, and I'm here with Laura Otten and Evelyn Page, both licensed clinical social workers, both maternal mental health specialists, both working moms home in quarantine. And our Socially Distant Tea Times started as a way to help women and mothers and people expecting babies and people quarantined with small children um, have some validation, have some tips on how to get through and it's a really organic, authentic, not planned, not pre-planned <laughs> meeting between the three of us. Welcome, Lauren Evelyn. Thanks for joining Hi. me. Nice Hello. to see you. Yes. What is the mood of the week? What are you guys seeing out there? How are you guys feeling? What's the vibe? Um, for, for me, I mean, I, I think it's, it's just similar to last week. You know, everybody's still kind of navigating things opening up and where they feel comfortable or what they don't feel comfortable with. And um, yeah, that's kind of still where, where things are. I, I, I will say actually it's been a hard week for me on kind of a few different levels. So I'm kind of trying to take a step back and kind of regroup um, and kind of, you know, focus back on like taking care of myself, the things that I need to kind of replenish and feel okay. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I am and where things feel like they are for me. Yeah. Anytime I'm struggling, I realize I'm not taking care of myself. And that's yeah. why I'm struggling. Because when I'm taking care of myself properly, which I have almost never done in my adult life, um, I can handle basically anything. <laughs> but I find like, why am I stressed? Why am I vulnerable? Why am I you know, giving too much of myself? And it's like, oh, because I didn't even remotely consider myself. Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do the checklist of um the basic needs first so have i am i lack of sleep is it am i just not eating the food that feels right for me am i not moving the way i need to and then you can go into that higher level of you know for you your crocheting evelyn is important mm -hmm. you or spending out time outdoors i know for me the lack of sleep really affects me mentally i saw something that really spoke to me this was a while ago, something about like, sometimes when I spill over a glass of water, I'm like, oh, these things happen. Like, let's go get the paper towels, kids. And like, you clean it up and everything's fine. And then other times it's like the world is crashing down and you can't even handle this spill that just seems so enormous. And I love that because it was such a great example of how same situation and sometimes you can just handle it and other times it feels so much yeah. work even though it's the same situation mm -hmm. my landscapers are here guys i'm sorry i'm gonna close the windows while you guys discuss <laughs> yeah it's um well i do know i've made like three shawls in the past week because i've just <laughs> just like i need to like work some of this out um I, but it's true. It's kind of like, what, what are the things that kind of fall off that, you know, typically you would do to take care of yourself? Like I've said, you know, crocheting is kind of a huge thing for me. It's just very meditative. Um, and like the couple weeks before, you know, that had fallen off. And so, you know, I've kind of like put that, like made it a point to put that back in. So, you know, that's been helpful. You know, some of it is just, you know, again, kind of the I I will say I had my first like going out today this morning. I took my kids to the pediatrician. So it's like, but that literally was the first time I've been out since mid March. Oh my God. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm so happy for you that you got out. And also the idea of being at March, April, May, June, that's three full months mm -hmm. at your home. Yeah. And I do, so I'm sort of lucky in that the days that I am working and seeing clients, I go down the road to my in-laws house and they have a room that I can just use and cause I'm just there from like eight to eight, you know, and seeing clients. Um, so I do like leave the house, but I have been pretty isolated, but that has just felt like right for our family for a lot of different reasons. Um, but going to the pediatrician, I'll say was like, it brought up a lot of anxiety. I did not, I did not like it. I mean, it's a medical office. It wasn't like, a, you know, the kids just needed their, they were due for their checkups. And, um, but I didn't like it. I didn't like being around people wearing masks all the time. And, and again, like it was a medical office. That was kind of the, you know, that's the protocol, obviously. Um, and I'll say like, I'm still pretty comfortable kind of being more isolated than going out. Mm. So I hear you on the mask thing too, because I struggle a little bit because the masks for me, as we've talked about in other episodes are extremely triggering in terms of like alarm and alert and mm -hmm. weird and the world is up. And I just like, I, I, have created this bubble for my children. They're probably happier than they were pre-pandemic. They're home with us. They've got activities. They're engaged. They're doing good. Um, so the masks for me are triggering. I wear them the very few, few, few times I go into a store or I have to go like mail something at the post office. So I've probably worn, or we went to the pediatrician's office. So I've probably personally worn a mask out in public like five times like that's it but I go out all the time we go hiking we go to the beach we go to the playground like we are outside all the time but again it's this like pretending that it's not actually happening mm -hmm. and um and then there's like this other mask thing where people are like against the masks because it's, like, it's a hoax and it's not real and I'm like I find myself in this position a lot in in my life where I like understand I'm like, my views kind of align with this crowd, but not for the same reasons. <laughs> you know? like, like I'm anti-masks because masks suck. They suck, they're hot, they don't feel good. I don't like the way they feel. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the feeling that the government's telling me to do things like none of it. I hate masks. And if I could live in a world without masks, I would be happy. And yet, I completely and totally embrace and understand and accept the science and the fact that the coronavirus is a real thing and that masks are protecting other people and that I have to have empathy. Like I, I live in this gray area right. in the middle. It was just, I think it's part of it too, is that, you know, if you cover your, your face, you know, you get like such, you, like I found myself as I was in the doctor's office, like, like staring at people's eyes because I needed to like get a read on like, what people are thinking, you know, and it's, you know, and like I was smiling under my mask and obviously you can't see it, but you know, your eyes, you can tell like in somebody's eyes. And so, but I found myself like staring, like as I smiled behind my mask, was somebody smiling at me? Were they okay? Was I getting too close? And it's, you just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Laura, you can kind of relate to this, but as like a, a therapist, you know, we, we read so much in our clients' faces and just people's faces in general. And I just found like, I felt like so much was cut off and, and I didn't like that feeling. No, it, uh, it does remind us of how much we communicate with our entire face um, and our whole body language. Yeah. That's one of the things I say when doing telehealth, starting someone new, like 
I can't tell if your foot is tapping furiously. So you could look calm, cool, and collected. And normally, if I was in person, I would reflect that to you, that your foot was doing that or your leg was doing that. Now I can't. So we are going to miss things. I, I try to avoid going to the store, Caitlin, for the same reason because everyone finds them uncomfortable. I find them uncomfortable. But I found myself, I smile at people. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not smiling. I'm smiling at them, but they don't know I'm smiling at them. Mm -hmm. And you're right. You want to communicate these things of like, hey, we're a community. We're in all of this together. And the mask does that. It's saying like, look, I'm, as much as I hate this, I'm doing this, you know, as, as that pact that we're going to have with each other. Um, but you're right. It's so uncomfortable. And I, a few people I work with have difficulty breathing because of anxiety or because of asthma. And now it's a cloth over your face. So there's that a real physical level of it's hard to breathe and then that makes you more anxious which makes it harder to breathe and it really spirals out from there so caitlin i'm definitely with you i think i've mentioned this on here before like my husband has been in charge of grocery shopping for the past two to three months because I panic bought and spent way too much money um, and bought ridiculous items that, that we like can laugh about now but I was stressed out and miserable and apparently buying a lot of food you know was like coping with that but uh he's in charge of it because I, I just realized totally guilty yeah, of that. yeah this is this is too much for me and and that speaks I think to let's um work with our partners to find where our strengths lie and there are other things that I do that he's more uncomfortable with um and I just feel better about it so we're I need to communicate that and then we need to balance the workload a little differently there because I cannot apparently handle grocery shopping right now <laughs> maybe well, there's a phase of re-entry that is Laura can return to the grocery store and not spend hundreds of dollars on items we don't need so mm -hmm. um, I went through that too and it was very anxiety based but you know talking about the like pyramid of like basic needs first I feel like I was and I'm the first to tell it's I'm like a doula and a mom that like tells people how much they have to take care of themselves and then absolutely it's more of a do what I say not as I do kind of a thing so before the pandemic I was giving too much and not and not keeping enough for myself and it's something I'm actively trying to work on and examine um but when the so I already was like behind in self-care and then when the pandemic started it was like are we gonna have food I mean like we can all joke and laugh and now it's like you know it's all a little lighter now but but I mean it was dark times it was like will there be grocery stores in three weeks will there be a medical system like will anyone be alive will people be on the streets with guns like it was it was anything could happen everything felt so unstable um as we were leading up to this and as i was watching the news and realizing how serious it was getting and our our government wasn't responding to it my husband and i like we went one of us went to costco every day for a week we bought like three thousand dollars of food yeah. and made an inventory and like it was the first time in my life i was scared of not having something to eat and it wasn't about me i could go a few meals without eating i would be okay but it was like the it was a very um primal feeling i think we kind of all got stripped down to like this primal place when the pandemic hit because it becomes survival mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not we don't get to like think of like you know the things we get to think about now feel like a luxury and i remember missing my previous stress i'm like oh i'm <laughs> i miss like stressing over stupid things that mm -hmm. not 
will society break down? Um, but there was this, it wasn't about enough food for me and my husband. It was like, what if my children need to eat and I don't have something for them? Like that hit yeah. in the stomach. That's what it was for us too. You know, just like, and, and again, it was like stupid things of like, okay, I need to buy this giant, because we went to Costco too. And it was like, I need to buy this giant thing of goldfish crackers because what if they need goldfish crackers and I can't like comfort them in some way, you know? And, and so, yeah, we did, like Caitlin, we did the same thing. We just like stocked up, I think maybe like the week before because I was already starting to feel that anxiety. Um, and we loaded up our freezers and, you know, we have like, we have like a little like shelf in the basement where we keep just like a few extra things usually just kind of like oversupply. And there was like a huge like stockpile. And then of course I felt guilty because I'm like, I shouldn't be stockpiling, but my anxiety like kind of went into overdrive around food. And I was like, we need to, yeah. I need to make sure we had, and I, you know, kind of like planned it out. And I was like, okay, we have this many meals to go. And like, I could go for this long before we like absolutely need something. And I like, I did, I kind of looked through all of our, um, through our cupboards and I was like, okay, there's this like old can of beans. Like I can make this, this, and this with that. And like, I just started like sorting through everything and thinking yeah. about what can I turn into a meal? And like, you know, should it come down to like, you know, supermarkets are completely empty, you know? And, and, yeah, and you're not in your house. Yeah. For a month. And I, you, it's so, oh, sorry, go ahead, Laura. Well, I was just going to say, you can understand why people built bunkers back in the Cold War of like, mm -hmm. I think it goes back, you said the primal instinct, Caitlin, of like, let's hunker down and try to get control over this. And would a bunker be great during a nuclear war? Like, maybe not so much, but that feeling of control and, and, hunkering in with your family, I can completely understand that and have more empathy for that now because we've been there now. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I have to say, it's like, it's actually nice to have this like retrospective because in the moment I felt like nobody was talking, like the moment leading up, like the week before everything got shut down, before the school shut down, I was, we were going to Costco. I was on the phone with my parents and my brother and anyone who would listen to me. And I'm telling them, this is like, you have to go get food, go get extra food. Please go, please prepare. And everybody was like, we're fine. We don't need anything. Mm -hmm. My dad was like, okay, I'll buy one extra thing of chicken. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just get something. And it, it, so it's nice to hear that I wasn't the only one, but I think that's possibly like, it's probably a little bit personality, but it's also a little bit like we're mothers. And so this is our role is like the feeding of children, you know, like a lot of people went out and like bought guns and ammo and maybe that's like a whole other thing. But I feel like for me, I'm like, as long as I have shelter and my family and food to feed them that was like a really a basic so it's interesting like coming to this place in the pandemic where now we get to think about like social interactions and like you know so like i i um I, right before the pandemic i put together this little town group for it's not even for my town it's like for my the little triangle of my neighborhood has like 200 or 300 houses and I created a little social group so that everybody with families could get together and we hosted a couple of events and then the pandemic hit. So I just posted in there and I said, hey, who wants to come for a play date? Outdoors, obviously. And a bunch of families said yes, but there, I have this one neighbor who I love. She lives two doors down from me and she's like, she told me in the beginning of this, I was like, do you want to get together? Like just testing the water, you know? And she was like, I'll see you in October. Like, okay. So I tested again. I invited her and she was like, really, really, I'll see you in October. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Because, you know, there's no, 
there's no like right or wrong to how people feel comfortable, but it's such a relief to be navigating that than to be navigating what will I make with my last can of beans as mm -hmm. we're navigating that. Right. We all had some level yeah. of that for sure. And it, it does show us a theme of my sessions from last week was, um, you know, the affirmation of I can handle it mm -hmm. if something does go wrong if someone does get sick or if another wave if and when another wave comes i can handle it and reminding ourselves that at the beginning of this it felt like we couldn't handle it and we did and here we are and we're okay and, and people have lost loved ones and people have lost jobs and there's been a lot of suffering um and for those of us come kind of moving along and trying to figure out these decisions we're handling it. And, and even people who are grieving right now, as difficult as this is, and managing anxieties, it's um, still moving forward. And I think it's important for moms and for families to remind ourselves of that. It's not of that, that panic of, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? It's if something happens, when something happens, I will handle it. And reminding ourselves of that. Mm -hmm. It can feel really empowering to know, kind of look back now, like you're saying, Kayla, and see, like, we got through this, so we've, we've kind of built up those skills and that resiliency, too, so we have, we have that going forward. Yeah. The, the, the burnout is real. I read yet another article about the parental burnout, you know, the households with two working parents and the kids. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel comfortable, which I would completely get of not sending your kids to camp or daycare, which is already hard in the summertime, it's expensive, um, the hours can be funny, so it's already difficult to juggle, but um, the idea of going through the summer like that is very stressful. And burnout is real for these parents mm -hmm. who are trying to juggle everything in the air. Mm -hmm. the, the lack of relief has been difficult for my family. Like for me, I'm just gonna put it out there. It's, there's been no babysitting. There's been no, like people, you know, we had it set up with another family in the beginning of the pandemic that we were all gonna help each other out and that we would keep our, our quarantine circle, like the two families, but then my husband got sick. So that went out the window and completely understandable. But like, I don't think I was prepared for three months of just me and my husband and the kids and we have, such fun together and we we are i'm so so grateful for my kids and i love watching them grow up and they're becoming such great people but there is a guilt that i have about feeling like i need a break because they are great and because i made them with my body and like <laughs> i made them come here you know <laughs> i opted into this so there's this feeling of like why should i want a break but at the same time like this is really freaking hard and doing it well is hard. I, I always say that to my husband. I'm like, this is hard because we're doing it well, because we're being responsive, because they're not zombieing out in front of an iPad for like 12 hours a day, even though it's really tempting some days to go, you know? And in the beginning, oh my God, in the beginning, my kids got so much screen time because I was, yeah. I was incapacitated. I couldn't function and so they you know we were like getting three meals into them a day and just like meeting their basic needs again was like a success mm -hmm. for me it was not like are we you know invigorating their brains and like saying 50,000 words a day you know it was like really basic um but there's absolutely there's no babysitting right now and and this is just like totally not even 
anything except it just annoyed me. My babysitter, I hope she's not watching this, my babysitter posted on Facebook her new rates, her new like post-pandemic rates, and they're like double. Right. And I showed it to my sister-in-law and my sister-in-law writes back like, that would have been fine during the pandemic. <laughs> like I would have paid $50 an hour during the pandemic. Right. But you've got, you've got to be kidding me. Like that's, it feels like, and she's our favorite babysitter. So I'm like so upset. It's that price gouging, I guess. Total price gouging. And, yeah. and I get caught in this like, women are worth so much and we need to value them. And like, we do, but come on. You have to pay you. <laughs> I'm not paying you what you're asking for that. And it's it's somewhere I, again, I live in like two separate, but like, you know. Oscillates, depend on how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I want women to be valued, but I also don't want to spend $150 to go out for three hours. Like, that's just not a thing I can do. Right. Yeah. The parenting is endless. I, I said to someone this morning, I'm like, it's, it's been weeks since I've seen her. I'm like, it's a long week though when you're awake for most of it. And when you have a new baby, you're awake for a lot of those hours. Mm -hmm. And parenting though, the kids are there. They're always there. And I remember it's so distinct. Like we got back from vacation and my husband and I were exhausted. This is back when we just had our daughter. And you know, when you get back, I think we've been driving and the packing, all that. We got home and before kids, you completely veg. Order in, movie, shower, veg. And then I looked at her and she was a toddler at that point, probably like two years old. And just being like, but you're still here. <laughs> like I still have to take care of you, but I'm so exhausted and don't want to. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we did. Um, <laughs> but we, we laughed about it of just like, before kids, you, you have those periods where you can just completely decompress. But especially when you have little ones, my toddler doesn't want a break from me at all. My four, almost five-year-old does want a little alone time sometimes for a brief amount of time. But for the most part, they're very happy being glommed onto us and would sleep, you know, in like on my face. If she, and actually, she does have a quote one time. I asked her to share my pillow and she's like, I want to share your face. With her <laughs> she put her face on my face to sleep. Yeah. Um, but what a great example of children. Like, no, I would like to attach myself to your body and stay here forever. And especially and because their that. needs were so much higher, too. Oh, yeah, consider, like, they don't have the capacity sure. to say, I'm really stressed. Let me go spend $1,000 at Costco. <laughs> like, they're just like, they feel the adult energy. And so they, they go to you. Mm -hmm. They need that. They go. My two kids do that too, of like, I'll sit on the couch and somehow they like, they don't just like kind of lean into me. They both like kind of crawl. Delia, my older one doesn't do it as much, but they crawl up and they like end up perched on my shoulder. Like as I'm like leaned into the couch, like a little parrot. And then they just kind of like curl into me, but they both did that. Um, I mean, Delia did that when she was like a year and a half to two and a half. Like that's just what she did if we were sitting on the couch. And now Emma does that too. So my husband, I call it a uh, mama magnet because mm -hmm. like I would be home with him all day. I was their primary caregiver and he would come home from work and sit down and like play guitar, just hang out. And like all three kids are on me. And I'm like, what? I cannot sit down or lay down without having one mm -hmm. to three children and maybe a pet. On right. me. There's like an energy. And I, I, I get like, again, torn between like, I want to soak this up because I love them. I know they're not going to snuggle me. I think 10 fast years, they're going to be teenagers. Like it's all happening, you know? Yeah. I don't want to wish away my life. 
but at the same time, you know, it would be nice if we sit down and like, so I do, but I, I draw that boundary with them. Like I need my morning cup of coffee without a child on me. And so I'm happy to snuggle you later on and I'm happy to play with you later on, but like, do not, do not come near me. When I <laughs> we also, my husband and I realized like last week, if the kids are quietly playing, we start to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Suddenly whoosh, is my daughter's like in between us talking to us. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and, and we, it, it had been happening for a while, but we finally noticed it like, oh, it's because we're talking. And it's so hard. And couples say that all the time. Like you can't finish a conversation um, because in comes, you know, all of these barriers in between mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Not easy. <laughs> oh, easy. Bless you. Cover those allergies there. <laughs> well, that's my summer project. You all can hold me to it as okay. can, you know, anyone watching is to see someone about my allergies. Cause they've been, I say this every time it's, they've been so bad. Normally, like I'll have one or two bad days and that's it. So I'm fine. This year, it's been really bad. So that's my summer project. Are you seeing like an allergist? Are you seeing a naturopath, an acupuncturist? Like, who are you? I am open to suggestions um, because I'm thinking an allergist, but I'd be open to something like more non-traditional, more Eastern of maybe chiropractor or um, acupuncture, basically anything I'm open to. (laughs) No, it is like with with the Western, you know, I think there's my view of like medical and east and west and natural and whatnot is like there's a circle and there's like a wedge in that circle that is totally legitimate western medicine pharmaceutical surgery surgery and like the whole approach and it's great and it's valid and it's really useful when you need it and then there's like all these other modalities and then there's like this whole chunk where we just have no idea (laughs) we haven't actually discovered yet the power and the and the you know pathway to healing and all of that um so I don't know. I kind of like go to Western medicine when it's a Western medical issue and I want a Western medical solution, which sometimes happens. Like if my children are in pain or there's like a clear indication for it, but things like allergies for me anyway, I always like, if you need something immediately just to feel better, obviously go get a prescription. But then there's always like the, well, what, you know, what caused it? Why does somebody else not have them? And you have them, like maybe there's a gut issue. Maybe there's some sensitivity that you can resolve. I don't know. Unfortunately, like it doesn't go with my evidence-based approach because a lot of those modalities that I think can be really helpful don't actually have the science and and research to back them up because they're not funded and they're not studied. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of want to, I'm just curious for myself. I don't, this is not a statement on anything, but I'm like, I wonder who she would use to go address that. comfortable sharing because like the clients I work with know that like I sneeze <laughs> so it's not, it's not anything secret but um I'm the pandemic does not make this any easier and yeah. the child lack of child care which hey that's something definitely you all and all everyone listening to this can relate to how do you make it to appointments when you're trying to juggle all of this um, and so I, it's my project this summer to carve out that time and to make that available for myself because I need to. Yeah. So I'll yeah. keep you all posted on Laura's allergies. Yeah. Well, I have some suggestions right off the bat. You want to hear them? Sure. <laughs> One is Gail Janicola. She is a functional 
medicine health coach. So she's taken like a really extensive course on functional medicine and health coaching through that. So that's more of like a holistic thing. And the other is going to see a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. And so, and Dawn, 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 Dawn. Mm -hmm. yes, so that would be, those would be the two people I would reach out to, to just see what their services are and see if they, they're both on Be Her Village. Um, but I would definitely, like, that would be a good place to start, just have a conversation. Right, because that's, it's, it is hard to know where to start with um, something like this. Who do you go see? So, thank you. I'll keep you all updated. We'll have to have, like, an episode segment of, like, how are Laura's allergies? <laughs> <laughs> We'll come up with a little jingle for that. Yes. Oh my God. I love it. This is going to develop into something great. I can tell. Well, you all care well, so much think... about me. Thank you. Yeah. But I think that's, that's important. I think the piece you said, Laura, about finding the time to make these, these appointments, because I've, I've been thinking like, I need to go do like my well woman visit. And, you know, I mean, there's like very small talk between my husband and I, whether we will try to have another baby and kind of all that. But, you know, right now, like, when do I go? you know, I can't bring the kids with me. I don't want to, you know, bring them to that appointment. And, but he's working full time. So it's kind of like juggling, like when, when do I go do that? You know, like I'm also, you know, a woman of a certain age and I have to go get a mammogram. <laughs> so, you know, finding time to do that. And, you know, and, and right now I know I've been putting it off because I haven't wanted to go out. Um, but I know I shouldn't put that off, you know, forever either. So Okay. When you're in the community, then. Yeah. It won't just be my we'll have a medical segment. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow up. Because you know what? That's what people who are watching and listening are going through, too. There's lots of things that I think every single one of us wants to do or maybe doesn't want to do and is maybe putting off because of the pandemic. That's an easy yeah. thing to slide into, too. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's totally my excuse right now. I'm like, oh, it's the pandemic. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I do know I recognize at some point I will have to kind of, you know, I mean, I did venture out of my bubble today, but, right. you know, I can't, I can't put off everything. You know, at some point I have to get comfortable with, with some level of, you know, going out. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we will follow up. Thank you guys so much for your time and we'll see you next week.